Hey everyone, it's time for another edition of Beaver Banter. Beaver Sports Talk lives here. Hello everyone, welcome back into Beaver Banter. I'm CJ Baumgartner. My co-host is Ian Rivers, live reporting uh, from St. Louis, Missouri, actually. So uh, good to see that you're uh, you're traveling the world here. Yeah, I got to spread my wings and uh, experience some new stuff. Got an opportunity to come down here, so I figured why not take the four-day trip and just see what it's like. You know, I've wanted to go back up to Bemidji even just for a week to travel. I haven't even been that north in a long time. Uh, I think last year I was there for like a day. Uh, I get a chance actually later this week. I, I, I'm calling a high school football game up by Red Lake, so I'll get to drive through at least. So that, that'll be good. But uh, yeah, that's that's the extent of my traveling uh, lately. Uh, but Bemidji State, by the way, speaking of uh, going up north and into the lake, uh, they won the homecoming game, which was something that was much needed for this football team. They got a big win over Winona State. They got into the win column. Of course, keep the homecoming tradition alive of running into the lake, which I think is one of the most underrated and actually probably one of the better homecoming celebrations in this entire conference because, you know, it's running into a lake. I mean, I never got to be a part of it uh, because I always had to work it, but I remember especially after that comeback against Sioux Falls a few years ago, uh, it was just electric. Everybody was booking it into the lake. It was like it was late October. It was really cold, overcast, windy, but still fun. Yeah, it's a good thing they've moved the homecoming game up uh, in recent years because I remember it used to be in – early October, mid-October sometimes, and man, that just got it got really cold. It's kind of weird having homecoming so early in the season, but, you know, I think it's worth it when, when you consider the fact that Bemidji uh, definitely wants to be able to jump in the lake and not get hypothermia afterwards. You know, it'd be ideal if you could keep your players without them losing a foot or something because they jumped into Lake Bemidji to celebrate a win over Minot State. But, you know, uh, it works out. Bemidji State got the win. Uh, I was able to listen to it as uh, the game was being played. It was a struggle a little bit early on for Bemidji State, Ian, though, in that game. Uh, Just with the offense, uh, I think we were kind of talking about this as the game was going on. It felt like the offense could move the ball. The defense was doing its job. But for whatever reason, it just felt like Winona State hung in the game a lot longer than they should have. Uh, Just kind of talk about your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I watched the game from beginning to end, and to me what it seems like, and it's going to maybe cost Bemidji coming up in in some of the later weeks when we've got more talented opponents coming up, it seems like they're trying to get by on talent alone right now, and that's fine because they have more talent than a lot of teams in the NSIC. Um, But when you play a team like Minnesota State, Mankato, and Augustana, it's going to come back to bite you because they had so many turnovers yet again in this game against Winona. Um, I don't have the number in front of me, but I think all through at least two interceptions. um, And there was, uh, I don't remember if there was a fumble or not. I did not take as diligent of notes in this game, but um, it's just, it's sloppy football. Penalties on third down, giving up third down and long. You know, they're, 
they're good. They're very talented, but I think we're going to see a lot more games like this one. Now, granted, Winona State coming into the game was 2-0, and um, but like we talked about last week, their, their two opponents are sitting at the bottom of the NSIC North right now in Minot State, and I believe it's it's you, Mary, were the two that they played. And so that's kind of when you're looking at the stats, like that was so skewed. Bemidji had played two of the best teams from the South, and Winona had played two of the worst teams from the North, at least so far this season. And so it's really... um. It's really frustrating. Um, hopefully they can kind of get their sloppiness worked out, especially um, now that after the upper Iowa game this week, which we'll touch on in a little bit, we got some divisional games to end the season. So a frustrating game, but overall the team did play really well. I mean, Winona State, their offense didn't move the ball, man. I mean, the defense played really well. It's just a matter of pick sixes by Alt. That's his third pick six. Um of the season one in each game so far mm-hmm. um giving Winona good field position like other than that Bemidji dominated every aspect of the game and to only come out with a 10-point victory it is frustrating because now that you've got two losses on your schedule you're gonna want a lot more blowout wins um if you're gonna want a chance to maybe lose a third game I'm sure it's not unheard of to sneak into that you know bracket with three losses but you're going to have to blow out a lot of opponents to make the the polls respect you come the end of the season. Um, but, you know, Winona State's not a slouch. They were 2-0, and um, so good win on homecoming. But like I said, a lot of areas to clean up for this team. Defense, I thought, played really well. Yeah, the gangrene defense definitely played uh, well in this game. I thought uh, they did well enough to win. Uh, you got to remember, like you said, uh, you know, 34-24, the final score. You take away a pick six by Alt, all of a sudden it's 34-17. Maybe even Bemidji State adds on to a score, so it's either 37-17 or even the 42-17. Whatever, uh, 41-17, whatever you want to add. Uh, really, Bemidji State, like you said, left a little bit out on the table, and I think that's been something that's affected this team. Like you said, there's a lot of talent on this football team and especially on this offense. There's so much talent and they just kind of have, they've always had the style when it's clicking like last season, they're fast and loose. They go for two, they make big plays, they sling it around the football field and when it works, it's great. And they win a lot of games and they get into the NCAA tournament and beat a big rival in Augustana in the process. And when they play fast and loose and things kind of, spiral up on them they snowball then you have a chance where you lose two very winnable games in the first couple and have a tough time at least early on getting away from Winona State what helped up Bemidji State was a 20 point second quarter uh in in this matchup and I think there's a couple things to note and I I agree with what you're saying on you know there's just a lot to be left on the table there's stuff that it feels like they need to maximize more Alt's got to work out his turnover issues right now but I think for this team that's been good is the first couple weeks were a struggle for them running the football and for them to get as many rushing yards as they did I believe 159 was the number Uh, for them to get into triple digits and rushing yards for them to just kind of have get those guys going get Jalen Fry get those Bemidji State running backs going um, get Sage Booker going get get all those things for Bemidji State clicking get this offense a little more balanced it now Bemidji State state plays a spread offense. They're not going to, they're not going to pound the rock necessarily, but to have at least a respectable ground game is something that Bolte typically has had in his offenses and have led to a lot of good results. So I think getting the ground game going was really important for Bemidji state in this one. And like you said, the gangrene defense balled out. And I think that's 
one of the reasons they're in this game. They because the off before it was the offense would make a mistake and the defense was just playing such a good offense that they couldn't recover. Now the competition's not as great and Bemidji State was able to own them in those spots. So they were able to make up for it a little bit this time. But yeah, I mean it's there this is a good Bemidji State football team. There's no two ways around it. Uh, and it's just putting together that complete game. They haven't quite done it yet this season, but they were able to escape with a win against Winona State that was by double digits on your home field, and that sets them up in good position because, again, as we talk about, uh, the schedule really does open up for this team in the middle part of the season. Yeah, I, I think it's it's big to have the win. You know, whatever means necessary, you got to get the win. You know, even if, like we said, even if we're not talking about making the the D2 college football playoff at this point. Well, let's talk about winning that North division and all of these games matter in terms of that. So um, going down the stretch, it's going to be very important. And like you said, I thought the running game did very well, especially Jalen Fry. I thought had a really good game. He looked really well out there. Um, and it's very important to have that running game, you know, especially on something as simple as a little draw play. You know, let's say the first down, you know, screen pass that they tried to draw up got read by the defense really well, and now it's second and 12. You know, if you've got a respectable run game and you can run block very well, you're going to do that cheeky little draw play that tries to pick you up a couple yards, and maybe now it's third and six, you know, instead of, oh, man, we got one and a half yards, and now we still have third and long uh, to convert. And then, you know, having the ability to run the ball on first down and create good opportunities on second and third down, um, if that's necessary, is also a very big thing. So I thought it was very good to see the run game get going. Um, hopefully they can continue that momentum so that later in the season, coming up against teams like Duluth and Northern State, uh, they can uh, keep that up and keep running the ball efficiently. Yeah, Jalen Fry, 95 rushing yards on 31 attempts, one touchdown. Sage Booker also had 65 yards on 18 attempts with a touchdown as well. According to Bemidji State, uh, BSUBeavers.com, the Beavers totaled 530 yards on offense, which is a season high, and the first time since November 6th of 2021 that they've had over 500 yards of total offense. So, again, it just goes to it's talented if they just clean up even a little bit of the mistakes, this team just looks a whole lot better. Uh, so let's take a quick look around the NSIC, Ian, and then let's see where Bemidji State is going to play next week. So around the NSIC this week, uh, the first game of the weekend was Augustana traveling to Moorhead to take on the Dragons. They won that game 31-7. to No surprise there for me. Uh, Wayne State has looked really, really good this year. Um, they, of course, have not played a super tough schedule. Um, they upset last week, but 49 to 10 in Minot over the Beavers there. Pretty impressive for their offense. Uh, Southwest Minnesota State eking out a three-point victory over Mary and Bismarck. Um, and then Bemidji State, of course, we talked about them with the homecoming win over Winona. Minnesota Duluth. Uh, took care of business against Upper Iowa, 28-6. to I watched a little bit of that game, and to be honest, Minnesota Duluth looked a little shaky. The weather conditions weren't great. There was a lot of fog, especially in the first half. Um, but they did take a little bit longer than I think they would have liked to maybe pull out in front of the Peacocks. Um, the shock of the weekend for me, Northern State 23, Minnesota State Mankato 22 in Aberdeen, South Dakota. That 
shocked me a little bit. And that's one of those frustrating things um, about Bemidji's loss to Mankato. Now Northern State has beaten a top-tier opponent from the South, um, and we're going to have to prove ourselves against them later on this season. And the final game of the weekend, Sioux Falls 44, Concordia St. Paul 23, that game in St. Paul, Minnesota. So if you look around the standings just quickly right now, oh man, I moved my entire screen. Uh, Minnesota Duluth and Northern State currently sit on top of the North uh, at two and one. Bemidji State sits tied at one and two with MSUM Moorhead, Concordia St. Paul, Minot State, and U Mary all winless at the bottom of the North Division. Augustana, Sioux Falls, and Wayne State all three and zero um, at the top of the South. One of those teams, historically at least, not uh, usually up there with the rest. Uh, Mankato at two and one, tied with Southwest Minnesota State. And Winona at two and one as well. And then Upper Iowa is the other winless team in the conference. So pretty early in the season, nobody has played a game outside of the or inside of their division. And I don't expect that to change um, if I'm looking at the current slate for this week. It doesn't look like, well, Northern State. Nope. Nobody plays in the division. So that won't start until two weeks from now. But um Bemidji's final game, at least against the NSIC South, is coming up in Fayette, Iowa, against the Upper Iowa University Peacocks, who, like I said, just gave uh, just gave Duluth kind of a – I mean, it wasn't a run for their money. They only scored one touchdown on the day, and it was in the first quarter. Um, so Duluth's defense kind of looked pretty good, but the offense uh, for Duluth – I don't know if it was more on the offense for Duluth or if it was – you know, give credit to the Upper Iowa defense. Um, but either way, we're going to have to respect this opponent, especially going on the road. Um, should be a good game. It should be. And this should be a good game for Bemidji State. If you look at, again, like you're talking about their games this season, they're 0-3 on the on the year. This should really be a, a, a game like Winona State. When now Winona State was 2-0, they played some smaller teams. Upper Iowa's had a bit tougher go of it playing Northern State. And uh, UMD, but this should still be a game, even though it's on the road, even though it's in Fayette, you still should go down there and just take care of business. This should not be a close game. You should be able to do things effectively. This should be the, the classic get right game for Bemidji State. They should work out some of their issues. They should be able to take care of the football. There should be no reason why there, there should be no reason for a lot of interceptions, a lot of turnovers, a lot of sloppy plays. I'm not sure what the weather's going to be like, but you know what I mean? Like there, this really should just be a, a, a cakewalk game for Bemidji state, especially if they want to be as good a football team as we think they can be. Uh, this is going to be a game where they should go in. I'm not going to say they got to win like 40 to nothing or anything like that, but this should be a game where they win by multiple scores handily. Now I know Bemidji state won by 10 on Saturday against Winona state, but it's got to look more convincing than it did against the warriors. And I think it will against the Peacocks on Saturday. I think it's going to be, again, the running game, talked about it last week, has got to get going. They have to build on that. I think it's just mistake-free football from Brandon Alt. I think if they can do that more than anything, just have Brandon Alt play a mistake-free game, they're going to be in a really good position. They could still win, even if Alt does have a turnover or two, uh, but it's just they'll be able to just blow them out if Alt can keep the ball out of the opposing team's hands. Yeah, like you said, um, Upper Iowa, they are 0-3, but they've played so far uh, three of the top four teams in the NSIC North, and they're going to be playing another top four opponent. So that's kind of tough on them for their uh, non-divisional schedule, um, at least to be playing three of or four 
all four of the top teams from the NSIC North, uh, like you said, historically, we're just going based off of what we see. We've been watching NSIC football for five, six years now. We kind of know how the conference usually plays out. You know, things have changed over the years a little bit, but most of the time, the top four teams at the North, especially since St. Cloud State left, are Bemidji State, Duluth, Northern State, and Moorhead. So that's tough on Upper Iowa, but it really is a good test for their team heading into divisional play. And like you said, I think the whole team just playing mistake-free football, you know, is going to be such a key thing. If they can get through this game playing mistake-free, really not giving Upper Iowa a chance to stay in this game, it's that's going to be so huge. And it's going to be huge for this team's confidence going into divisional play. Um I think continuing to run the ball well, especially on the road, is going to be insane. Um, it's going to be really big for this team. I, I couldn't believe when you read off the stats. I mean, I watched the game, and it didn't feel like the Beavers ran the ball close to 50 times. Um, but 31 and 18 attempts, that's 49 just on those two running backs alone. Um, so, you know, if they can continue to run the ball as well as they did there, um, they're going to be fine. And like you said, if we can get through a game without Brandon Holt throwing an interception, I think that's considered a win. Um, and we should be happy about that. Yeah. And another thing too, with that offense, I mean, they run a lot of plays. They're a spread, no huddle football team. So just by the very nature of what they, they do, it's a quick hurry up, get to the line. Uh, they're not a ground and pound three yards in a cloud of dust kind of offense. So yeah, it, they, it does sneak up on you with, all of a sudden you look and you see how many offensive plays that they have. And so, yeah, that running game doesn't always look like they're doing it a lot, but for a team that passes about 60 to 70% of the time, it feels like they still really lean heavy on their running game when they want to, which is why it's huge to get Fry and Booker going like that as well. Uh, Yeah. So I, I guess quickly we'll wrap up here on football. I expect the Beavers to win. I expect them to win pretty handily. I'm going 38 to three. 38 to three. Wow. Yeah. Upper Iowa's offense. I mean, they really haven't gotten off the ground a ton. They got 21 points against MSU Moorhead, um, but they got shut out by Northern state and only scored six last week against Duluth. I think it's somewhere around there. Maybe we give up a touchdown. Um, I'm going to go 30 to seven. Um, I think Bemidji State's offense is going to play a little bit, a little bit more dialed in or um, reeled in, I should say. Like try to play a little bit more conservatively, limit those uh, mistakes. Um, but it is kind of like you said, it's the it's the nature of the way that we play the game. We're going to live by the by the deep ball and we'll die by the turnover and that sort of thing. So, um, like I said, thirty to seven, thirty three seven, somewhere around there. All right. Let's now move into soccer, and it was homecoming week for the Bemidji State soccer team as well, and they had uh, an interesting weekend, to say the least. We talked about uh, a tough, tough team in Mankato coming to town, and Ian, just talk about how the Beavers uh, played against the Mavericks. Uh, well, it's you know it's another one of those pretty disappointing um, results when you look at it. Like before the game, if you look at it and say, hey, we tied Mankato, you know, even though we're at home, that's a good result. But then you look at how it plays out, and it's an 88th minute equalizing goal. That how many minutes are there, Ian? A, there's 90, 90 <laughs> minutes in the soccer match. So that's really frustrating to give up a goal that late and lose two points, um, especially when you're going to turn around and lose to Concordia St. Paul. I did not see that coming. Um, of course, Concordia St. Paul right now sits 
third in the NSIC standings with nine points. Bemidji tied for fourth, um, but currently sitting in the sixth slot um, based off of whatever their tiebreaker is, I'm sure. Um, so Bemidji State, really, I was shocked with how they played this weekend. Um, you know, if you could get that win against Mankato, it's really good. Um, and then, like I said, I wasn't expecting a loss against Concordia St. Paul, but it's definitely not something you can't rebound from um, and and keep going and playing well late into the season. Um, it, disappointing, to say the least, um, to only get one point from a weekend. That's never really what you want when you're trying to compete for that top spot um, in the NSIC and repeat as NSIC champions. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, this starts off with a tie against Mankato, and it's like, okay, like that's a nice start to the weekend. This is going to be, you know, we can live with that. Now let's go beat Concordia St. Paul and call it a good weekend. And then you suffer your first regular season loss at the Chet since 2016. You know, I was a freshman in college. Like, that was a long time ago. And, oh, my gosh, like that, when I saw that stat, that really hit me of like how one, just how good the soccer team has been. And two, just, Oh my gosh, like that's not ideal at all. Now, of course that's a six year streak almost, and it was bound to break sometime. But I mean, if you look at it, the defense has kind of shaped up a little bit over the last couple games, obviously a one-to-one tie on Friday night, and then a one, nothing loss on Sunday. They've only given up two goals over the weekend. The problem is that offense has just had a tough go of it lately just kind of what do you make of uh, of of that aspect to it are you nervous about the offense or you think the defense is coming along what's your what's your take here yeah so the offense for me is really what's concerning um they've got four goals in their last five games only and that to me is really kind of a big red flag. Yeah, it's going to be good enough to get one goal when you can shut out a team, which their defense is pretty good, and they can do that. But when you play teams at the top of the conference, Mankato and Concordia are both in the top three right now in the conference. Um, it's really maybe not going to be enough. Maybe you won't be able to score one goal and get by and get three points. So really, that's the biggest thing for me um, is getting the attacking players involved um, and letting them get their opportunities to to get shots on net. Um so pretty pretty frustrating results there. Um defensively, yeah, don't don't need to change anything. Um, but man, um gotta get some more shots, um, gotta get some more attacking play. Because uh when you're coming down to it, I mean, that's really what's hurt us in the tournament as well, is our inability to score goals and uh we can't keep up offensively with the top teams in the country. And you know, you mentioned too just that kind of getting to the end of games and and that putting together, putting it together, we mentioned this in other sports too. Uh, you know, they gave up that goal in the 70th minute, uh, and the gold uh, against Mankato was in the 88th minute. So it's just those kind of later game goals. It feels like they've been able to keep pace. And like you said, that's not on the defense so much as it is. You have to score some more goals. You have to put your offense in a much better position. Bemidji State only had two shots on goal and one corner kick. Uh, I mean, the Golden Bears, they had three shots on goal, one corner kick. So it's not like they were just getting a bunch of shots off and it was only a matter of time before they scored. It was pretty neck and neck, and they were just able to make a play, and Bemidji State wasn't. So that's kind of concerning for this team. Uh, I mean, it's not season-ending, but it's just something that they're going to have to figure out. Uh, By the way, here's a little bit of trivia. 
you the Beavers' last home loss. Do you know? Uh, we know said it was in 2016. What was the score? Who did they play? 2016 home loss. Um, I think it was Augustana. Is that correct? What's the score? Uh, I think it was like. I think it was. I think it was two one. Uh no, it was a one nothing loss to Concordia St. Paul. Uh, Concordia St. Paul, wow, okay. So identical. Yeah, I I was not that big into the soccer program back then. I think that was really before our team took off. Uh I apologize to the BSU soccer program, but I did not attend any games. Uh actually I did. I attended one game in my first two years um up there, but didn't really get hooked on it until they started taking off. Yeah, and that one, uh, that was just a little bit of tidbit I saw uh, over the weekend that I thought was really interesting. But uh, anyway, so they play, uh, they go over the weekend, uh, like you said, to Augustana, Wayne State. They have that to deal with. Augustana's a good program. Uh, What's your expectations for the weekend? Can they split or at least get some points out of the weekend? Or better question, maybe, do they have to? Um, I think they do have to. I think they have to sweep this weekend, especially after how poorly last weekend went. Um, August Santa right now sits in ninth place in the conference, a little bit lower than they would like, but of course they're tied. There's a, there's a five or six way tie right now. Um, six way tie in terms of points um, for fourth place. And August is a part of that. They're both on seven points, Bemidji state and August Santa. So, um, and I'll explain points very quickly. It's very easy for anybody that doesn't know, Two points, or there's three points that you get for a win, one point each for a draw, and then you get zero points for losing. So seven points, that's two um, two wins, one draw, and one loss for Bemidji State on the season. That is the same for Augustana and everybody else that currently sits at seven points. Um, and then Wayne State down at 15th, uh, which is one point so far from four games. So this is, this is definitely a weekend, even though it's on the road, I think you have to come out and you have to play extremely aggressively offensively. And like I said, I mean, we don't have to necessarily be at Mankato's uh, pace offensively. We don't have to be putting up four or five goals a game um, because our defense is that good. We can afford to not have to score three um, when a lot of times two is going to be enough, but I think you have to be looking to sweep this weekend at the very least, come away with four points um, to kind of keep pace um, at the very least with some of the teams in the third, fourth, fifth conversation. Um, because I think at the lowest end, Bemidji State should really be getting a home playoff game in the first uh, round of the NSIC tournament. Um, but we'll have to we'll have to manage our expectations as the season goes along. For me right now, I'm still looking at we're only three points behind first place. Um, we definitely can get back up there. We just got to hope. Obviously, we've already played Mankato. We've got another chance against, or we've got a chance against you, Mary, um, coming later in the season. So uh, it should be, should be a fun season. Still a lot of soccer to be played. But like I said, hope for a sweep this weekend, but expect nothing less than four points if you want to keep pace. Yeah, and uh, now I, I mean, I'm with you on the same boat. I think they're going to need to if they want to keep pace. Obviously, it doesn't make or break their season. They're not out of it. There's still a whole lot to go. But like you said, they're going to want to keep pace, and it's not going to be ideal if all of a sudden they have to really start coming from behind and trying to make a furious rally towards the end to try and stay close. Uh, one last thing, and then we'll wrap up the podcast. Uh, it is not even October yet, but it's already time to start talking college hockey because it's what we do. Uh, so there was a, a recent poll that just came out in the CCHA for men's hockey, and Bemidji State is predicted to finish 
fourth. Uh, the order reads out as follows. Minnesota State predicted to finish first. Then it's followed by Northern Michigan, Bowling Green, Bemidji State at four, Michigan Tech at five, Lake Superior State at six, Ferris State at seven, and finishing in last place, no surprise, St. Thomas in their second year as a Division One program. Ian, what do you what do you make of this? Is the, do you think Bemidji State's too high, too low? Or are they about right where they should be? It's definitely going to be a different looking men's hockey team this year compared to the last few. Yeah, offensively, we lost a lot of firepower, so I'm not surprised to see the Beavers that far down the pole. Um, obviously, it's a well-coached team. They play very well as a unit, and defensively, they're always going to be in a game because they're rarely going to give up big games. Um, you'll see it every once in then, but it happens to everybody um, in terms of goal scoring. So I'm not shocked about the fourth place in the poll. Um, definitely could go up or down from there. Um, but I think if you're looking at it and you had to guess, they probably are somewhere around third, fourth, fifth in terms of talent in the conference. Yeah, Bemidji State defenseman Elias Rosen was also named to the preseason all-conference team. He has been named an alternate captain uh, this season. Uh, according to the Rank Live, he led BSU's defenseman with 26 points in 38 games. He made the all-CCHA First team for the second straight season and let all CCHA defenders with 20 points in 25 league games. Uh, so, yeah, he's pretty much the the kind of star power they have. They lost a lot in that's going to be, again, another development as the season goes on. I think Bemidji State typically, uh, like you said, they don't play undisciplined sloppy hockey. Usually they put themselves in position to win games or at least hang around with some of the better teams and then pull off an upset or two. But this is going to be a, a definitely not where we're used to, but state had a nice wealth of talent the last few seasons. And, you know, we talk about the, the 2021 win over Wisconsin and how great that was for the men's hockey program. And just being this close to a frozen four uh, would have been amazing. But uh, when you, when you look at it, it was actually the 2020 season, I think really, that was such a missed opportunity. And, and it got the, the conference tournament got wiped out because of COVID and, of course, the NCAA tournament to follow. That was a really, really good Bemidji State men's hockey team that we never will get to see in a postseason. And it's a shame that we never got that. But, hey, at least we got the win over Wisconsin. That was one of the best points of, of my following Bemidji State hockey in the last five years. Yeah, absolutely. That was a top, top memory from that. Um, like you said, losing – especially the two Salinger brothers, um, Owen to graduation, Lucas to transfer. Um, that's going to hurt, but the team can regroup. They have a, they had a low, a load of young talent on that team, freshmen and sophomores. So hopefully those guys can step into bigger roles this year and really figure it out. Um, one thing I do want to touch on before we wrap up, I'm not sure if you were done with hockey or not. No, we're good. Um, let's, yeah, let's just do it. Really quickly, thought I'd give a shout out to the Bemidji State volleyball team. Uh, two 3 0 games, uh, clean sweeps against you, Mary, and Minot uh, at home this weekend. Very good weekend for the women's volleyball team. Now, of course, you have to look at it. And take it for what it is. It's 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 Minot State and you Mary. Their combined conference record right now is one and three and uh, zero and four, so one and seven in the conference. But you know what? We're not gonna we're not gonna spit at it. We're gonna take it and we're gonna run with it because we're gonna need all the help we can get. We got Sioux Falls and number eight Southwest Minnesota State coming up this weekend. So two tough games, but uh, Bemidji State 
on a high note uh, for the season, currently sitting at three and nine overall now and two and two in the conference. So congratulations to them for a clean weekend sweep and best of luck this weekend against Sioux Falls and SMSU. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough to tell in that preseason, especially with college volleyball. It's so tough to tell when you go to these tournaments and you play these teams and everybody's still trying to figure out who they are. So a nice uh, beginning to the NSIC volleyball season for them. Yeah, like you said, they're not great teams that they beat, but you got to pick up the wins where you can get them and you can't apologize for who's on your schedule. All all the good teams will have to play those guys too. So getting the win is important. And because not just to, to get the wins on your schedule, but also... Because the NSIC is a sneakily good volleyball conference. You look, there's top teams left and right. And it really just goes to the NSIC, whether you're talking about football, basketball, volleyball, whatever sport you want to put in there. Uh, it's a sneaky, good Division II conference. There's always contenders uh, in there. And so uh, I, I think that it's going to be, like you said, having Sioux Falls and some of those teams coming up is going to be tough. But, yeah, I mean, it's a nice start to the season and a lot of good volleyball coming up this season. Hopefully the Beavers can kind of start to put a couple good games on top of each other like they did over the weekend and try and use that to build into the next weekend as well. So outside of that, I think that is going to do it uh, for us on the Beaver Banter podcast. You know, I was going to last week, I forgot, I was going to mention that Gunnar Olszewski had a good uh, week returning punts. And then, of course, he didn't quite have as good of a quite have as good of a week this week. Uh, but, uh, you know. Gunnar Olszewski is still one of the better punt returners in the NFL. Uh, and yeah, we can say that because who's going to do a punt returner ranking here to prove us wrong. So uh, Gunnar Olszewski, one of the better punt returners in the NFL weird game, but you know, he'll, he'll figure it out. He's pro. Yeah. He'll bounce back from that. Yeah. We, we just got a subtly pat on the back that we, we were in the same class as an NFL punt returner. So, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta use that when you can also, we had a class with Zach Whitecloud. I mean, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta flaunt it when you can. Got pros all over the campus. Pros all over campus. Bemidji State. Uh, this has been the Beaver Banter Podcast. I'm CJ Baumgartner. That's Ian Rivers. We'll see you guys next week.